0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Kays and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, this week we witnessed an end of an era. Actually, it's been the last two weeks, but really over the last week or so, there's been, well, a realization inside of me that um, I may never see a really successful Patriots team ever again. And the reason for that is Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty have retired in the last two weeks, and it just made me a little, well, melancholy to put it put it simply. Um, it was a good run. It was a good run for them. They weren't probably the first three Super Bowl titles, but um, the last three in 2014, 16, no, 7, 2014, 14? Okay, hold on. Do I even know when they won? <laughs> 2014, 2016, <laughs> and 2018. But they went to like whatever many Super Bowls in that time. Um, Yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting. I don't know how you feel about this. We saw, and obviously the Patriots have truly been the the real dynasty in the NFL the last twenty years, um, and one of the most prominent ones of all time in any sport, and especially in football. Um, You know, it just it's just interesting when we go back and we see these players retire. It doesn't make me feel old, but it's like once you start realizing that twenty fourteen was ten years ago, basically. Right. I mean.
1: I, you know what I mean? I do. I do. And uh, kind of uh yeah, the 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 Patriots dynasty is done. Uh but I wouldn't say never. Uh I'm sure you're <laughs> going to feel really old the the next time you see a really really good Patriots team. You know, you might even be wearing diapers uh when they yeah, you know, win a Super Bowl again if they can win a Super Bowl again. But I wouldn't say never. You gotta have hope.
0: Did you say I'm gonna be like an old man wearing diapers by the time they win another Super Bowl? God willing. Yeah. God willing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, just, I don't even think they're gonna be playing like football. The time. Yeah. <laughs> like I think. I think the clock's ticking <laughs> on the sport in general. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're gonna freeze. Belichick's brain. You know. And he's just going to be calling plays from, like, one of those, like, Futurama brain brain caps or whatever. And <laughs> you know, they're just sliding around in juice the whole That's time. That's hilarious. Well, right? yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just interesting. I, you know, I, football is one sport I, I follow very closely. So you kind of look back at eras. And I remember probably around the early 2010s when we started to see some of the late 90s players retire. You know, like Kurt Warner. Tory Hole, Isaac Bruce. Of course, that's right. like, you know, the greatest show on turf, but it, it just makes you think like, okay, we're on to a new era of 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 teams and superstars and players. We are. We are. We're just that's where we're at. And Tom Brady's done. And it makes you really reflect on, at least as a Patriots fan, and maybe just a, a football fan in general, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, <laughs> that there, <laughs> that there is that that we're moving on to the Patrick Mahomes era, Trevor. This is this is their era. This this is his era, and Joe Burrow. I meant to say there, meaning Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and maybe even Ben Roethlisberger's done. Yeah, there's and, some rising you know, stars too. It could be, uh,
1: you know, Trevor Lawrence could be a big part of this era. Uh, time will tell. Could be Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So uh but yeah it's it's exciting to see this kind of you know generational turnover um it definitely gives teams that haven't been there in a long time hope like maybe you know maybe my team can can capitalize on this you know period of flux um but uh yeah the uh the Kansas City Chiefs certainly seem to have a uh you know seem to be in the driver's seat right now
0: Totally, yeah. They They've been firmly seated in the the driver's seat for the last, well, I mean, last five years. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the irony is that, well, now we can look back and say the Patriots dynasty ended, the Patrick Mahomes era started, basically in the same season. Yeah. It's pretty much what happened, you know. So um, it's interesting. It just was it? It was a realization and reflection for me this week to think of three of the biggest. Players from that era for the Patriots are done: Brady, McCourty, Hightower. Of course, Edelman's been done for a bit. Amendola, I think, retired this year too. Oh no! And that's kidding. pretty wild, Kenny yeah. Amendola. Sweet feet, right? No, that was James James White. <laughs> he <laughs> retired last year. I mean, that's you know, it's sweet hands, I guess you'd call him. But um, it's it's wild to think about. You know, it's even more wild. What's that? Hope that the Dallas Cowboys will make. Some sort of playoff noise with the additions of Stefan Gilmore and uh, Brandon Cooks. Now I I saw that two trades yeah, that went down. This I saw day. that headline. Yep.
1: Uh, you know the Cowboys hope that these two acquisitions will get them to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, the angle is that those guys have Super Bowl experience, but uh, you have to be a real Cowboys homer to think that those guys are going to make the difference uh, with the Cowboys team that we're used to seeing. Um, I think they need a lot bigger changes than just those two additions if they're gonna really make uh you know a bigger run for a championship this year than we've seen in the past few years. What do you think that is? Because I, I don't think that those were the weak links, honestly. I, I, I think I I don't think that it was a problem with the defensive backfield or wide receiver talent, wide receiver depth. Uh, I think there's issues with with coaching. I think there's issues with the quarterback. Uh, I think moving on from Ezekiel Elliott is a big step in the right direction, maybe bigger than either of those uh, acquisitions. Um, so yeah, I, I just you know that headline to me is just it, it's a joke.
0: Do. You- <clears throat> you don't you don't think
1: they're even impactful or you just No, I mean I, I think that they'll be I think over. that they'll be worthwhile members of the roster. I just yeah. don't think if if the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl this year, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a, a split MVP
0: between these two guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything left in the tank for Well, let's just start with Stefan Gilmore. Knowing what we know, he was an in Indy last year, Carolina the year before. Um, <clears throat> played playing in New England. That based on all pro level for about four years, but I uh, can't remember what happened. Dislocated his hip. It was a pretty severe hip injury. Right. You know that kept him out of the so for a bit. When there. it when um, it comes
1: things left in the tank for when him. it comes to aging cornerbacks and aging safeties, uh, it really w- whether or not they're going to be impactful players, uh, in my opinion, really depends on the the defensive coordinator and how they scheme. Uh, the defensive coverages, so that these guys can do what they're still really good at, which is reading the quarterback and and hawking the ball. Um, but uh, when it comes to like you know putting him in man coverage on on Tyreek Hill, that's a big mistake. You know, um, I just I don't see that. You know, it, it it really it really comes down to the entire defensive unit. Whether or not these guys are going to be, uh, you know, effective and impactful, uh, because they can't just match up one on one with these, these young, elite athletes and, uh, and expect mm-hmm. them not to get burnt. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. <clears throat> Do you think, um, do you think they, he can have an impact sort of like Pat Peterson did? That's exactly
1: what I'm trying to say. People like Patrick Peterson. Yeah, you know, he was not a star in man coverage this last year, but he did get some really clutch red zone end of the game interceptions uh that really kind of turned, you know, the outcome of the game for the Vikings on several occasions. Um Stefan Gilmore can be that guy, uh, but he can't be the you know he's not going to be a lockdown corner.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you're, you're saying in the right scheme. Yeah, that his strengths can sort of be uh, accentuated. Well,
1: and and then it it also you know we have the the aspect of the uh, the player coach, you know having him in the defensive right. backfield, um, he can be a leader uh, and help these you know younger guys develop and and have the benefit of of how he sees the game and how he reads the
0: offense. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. So like, do you think he'll have any impact on a guy like Trayvon Diggs? Oh,
1: I think he really could. I mean, that's, that's just one half of the equation. The other half is Trayvon Diggs. And I'd like to think uh, that a player like Trayvon Diggs will take advantage uh, of the, uh, of the experience that he's surrounded by. So yeah, I think he could have a really good impact on Trayvon.
0: Okay, um, Brandon Cooks, uh, let's see. Did they, they didn't re-sign Noah Brown, right? <clears throat> Dallas didn't, That's like their second and third receiver last year. So, they still got Michael Gallup, they don't have Dalton Schultz, but they seem to find tight ends at basically any round that, and a at premium talent, for the most part, right? They had him, and who they had, like Martellus Bennett, they had two few years ago, or many, <laughs> could be many years ago at this point, I think about it. Um, Oh, and they've, they've drafted, they've they been able to basically develop tight end talent for some reason or the other. Or they just find it, right? right. Dallas does, for the most part. So, um, we can assume that losing Dalton Schultz while, like, Dak Prescott loves him, probably not the biggest impact of all time. So, um, insert Brandon Cooks, right? Um, we keep Tony Pollard on the team. Dak Prescott. So, you got Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks um cd lamb it's a pretty good receiving room trevor oh what's your what's your bag on the on the cowboys here
1: so i mean (laughs) i think i'm just going to sound like a broken record here the the weak link is uh and it's not that weak they they make you know they they have a good season they make it to the playoffs but they always fall short uh and to me it's definitely a coach quarterback issue It's not an issue with the slot Mm -hmm. receiver. It's not an issue with the backup running back. It's not an issue with the O-line. I I put it on Dak Prescott. He needs to be better than he's been,
0: or they're not going to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, obviously. (laughs) You know, I mean, he's been pretty – he's been terrible. He's terrible (laughs) in the playoffs. And he's the reason they didn't win a Super Bowl I mean they didn't win a playoff game. They wouldn't not have won a Super Bowl, but they looked like that that kind of team at times last year. Oh, there
1: were know? times in um, the season last year, at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, when the Cowboys looked like they could, you know, you know, maybe not win ten out of ten, but they could they could beat anybody in the league on a good day. Uh but they just right. they, they don't have enough good days at you know Come January, so they just they they need uh, Dak. Just has to be more clutch. I don't know what else to say. So you're saying Dak is mid. mid. I, I'm I'm yeah. saying that when it's all on the line, yeah, he is. He's mid. He, he can have he can have performances where he's really great, but he needs to do that in January, and he's just not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't disagree, but, um, you know, it's funny because you read me a, um, an article title before we got on here, it basically said that, like, <clears throat> do these two pieces get them into the Super Bowl? Yeah. Stefan Gilmore, and uh, or they because they have Super Bowl I- I experience, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, my story of Brandon Cooks was his first one he was in, he got knocked out, literally, got knocked out against Philadelphia, only played, like, half a quarter. Uh, so, I don't know if you can say that Super Bowl experience per se. <laughs> um, and <laughs> he was on New England with Tom Brady. He was only there for a year. So, once again, what does that say? But um, Stefan Gilmore, right? Uh, Super Bowl MVP. Um, knows what it takes him to win the Super Bowl. Won, it, won a few in New England. Don't know where he's at at this point in his career, but Indy played pretty good defense last year considering how bad they were in general, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I know you said it's a scheme thing. I, I He's a lockdown corner. He's a man-to-man guy. So, I, I mean, it is, could he benefit from playing having, you know, like a cover two safety or some sort of shadowing or some help or somebody hits the receiver off the line? Probably, but I, I would argue that um, he's a man-to-man guy, you know? That's the only team he's going to be good at. And is that Dallas's scheme? It's not. Right, they play zone. Right. that's why Trayvon Diggs and that's why doesn't get burned all yeah. the time. I,
1: I think, <laughs> so. I think his real value is is his experience, and uh, you know they, you never know how the defense is going to look in a new season. We, we can guess at it, but you know I wouldn't be surprised right. if he was, uh, what is it uh, the the <laughs> slot corner, the nickel corner? Um, it just yeah. depends on 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 how much confidence they have in their other. Uh, defensive backs,
0: for sure. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. We'll just keep an eye on it moving forward. I don't. We'll keep else an to eye on it because <laughs> <laughs> this is we're talking about March, man. This is March. We're not even in like training camps, and God, we're just trying to generate the most buzz we possibly can here, folks. I mean, seriously, it's uh, well, you know, it's enough to talk about Bryce Young's height. <laughs> um, we just got through the combine. And before I even get to Bryce Young, let me back up a second here. All right? Let me ask you about this. So, you know I'm a Cam Newton fan. Sure. Yeah. I'm not. But <laughs> I could be. Um, <laughs> did you hear about him throwing at Auburn's Pro Day over the, the weekend? Are you serious? Week? I'm not lying to you. Oh, man. He threw 32-year-old Cam Newton. So what he said was, and I quote, is I'm better than... Uh, I am, there's no, this is what it was. There's no 32 MFers better than me in this league. So there's no, I mean, there's, you cannot name, according to him, 32 better quarterbacks in this league. That
1: maybe was, not, but I don't know if that's much of a. I know that I'm always saying what? that it's a quarterback hungry league, but if you want to argue your way back into the league, I think you have to do better than I'm not the worst. Um, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Uh, I, I think, I think it'd be fine adding him to a a roster, maybe creating some quarterback competition on the right team. But, uh, Cam Newton's not going to be making Cam Newton money ever again. He's just, he's, he's too much of a question mark. Uh, it's too hard to keep him healthy. Um, you know, what, what did, did he play at all last year? No, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. That's what I mean. He so <laughs> went 0-5. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see. You know, it's like, oh, which <laughs> which ones are you better than, Cam Newton? <laughs> 32? You,
0: yeah, the free agents? Like, XFL? Yeah, there, what league we talking about? There might not yet?
1: be 32 better, but there's probably 30 that are better, uh, and the other two probably come with less baggage. So, uh, I just I just yeah. don't see that as a good argument.
0: Well, at court, and so I saw the tape. Uh, he threw a fifty-two yard pass across the field to his brother. His brother goes went to Auburn this past year. Hell yeah! So he was throwing passes to him at Auburn's pro day, and a few other guys that were kind of I think like you know like junior college guys are trying to make the NFL or something, whatever Division One AA. Um, look, he can he can throw a ball, great. Without pads on, the first thing I thought was, how much time did he have to throw that ball and uncork it? And he throws it like he's freaking throwing a, a can of paint, still. So his mechanics are still sh- crap. Excuse me. Um, and he's still just, I just can't stand the guy. You know, he just—it's just a lot of talk, and um, he's not produced anything of quality. Even when he was with New England, he was—he was crap. He sucked. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Granted that that roster sucked, but
1: he sucked. Well, it's like what what's next? Is uh, <laughs> so is Dez Bryant awful. still trying to make a roster somewhere? Like, come on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, what's the likelihood that Cameron Newton makes a roster based on what we've seen? I I think, think
1: the likelihood is very low,
0: because
1: uh, he'd be he he'd need to be willing to take journeyman money, and I just don't think he would. Right. Uh, he's he's too much of an ego to do that. Um, yeah. I think. I think if he wants a future in football, he needs to start looking at, at avenues other than being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Because I do think he has a lot to offer the game, uh, just not as a player.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Likewise. I, no, I, I agree with you 100%. So uh, I mean, he could be an ambassador. Absolutely. He could, just be like a, he could be an analyst. He likes to smoke cigars with the players. Maybe he can do that. Yeah. I don't know just uh I mean, just don't he just he sucks just don't start a
1: podcast just don't start...
0: yeah right right there's only realistically there's not a lot of room for a we, 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 gotta covered, we got it covered cam so yeah don't worry don't worry buddy yeah i mean he did have a podcast and he it was called the barbershop. shop oh like god that. it was like him and his it was like him and his dad smoking cigar yeah terrible terrible wearing like pimp hats and shit. <laughs> oh, excuse me um, we, but, we know what you're terrible. talking about Terrible, man. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right, the barbershop. Yeah, I see. It's the front. Yeah, that's... but uh, nonetheless. So, um, well, let's get to some of these moves because I think I'm over talking about Cam Newton. And I was just joking about Bryce Young's height, although it has come up. And you know what, Trev? Let's just make a conversation about it. Not necessarily Bryce Young's height, but let me ask you this, right? You're a you're GM and, uh, well, you could be. Future GM... Excuse me, you know, um, future GM of an NFL franchise, or, or just a current one, right? Um, do you feel safe drafting a quarterback under six foot or six one? Let's call it.
1: You know, it it really depends on the the individual and uh, what kind of offense we're trying to run. You know, uh, if I'm a general manager and we're we're considering a uh, a, a highly First, you know, a high pick in the first round, uh, but the quarterback is only six foot tall. Um, it's going to be a, a, a you know, I, I would want a lot of input from the head coach, from the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, do we do we have the O line necessary to make it work with this guy? Uh, you know, what kind of you know, it, it's just it's a, it's a lot, but it wouldn't be enough to say no. Um, I wouldn't pass on someone with Kyler Murray's talent uh, just because they're short. You know what I mean? And and let's—I'll be honest—that's a new thing. I had huge doubts about Kyler Murray both in college and in the NFL. Um, and and he has his issues right now, but I don't think height is one of them. Um, you know, if they're quick, if they've got a good sense of the pocket, if they know how to. Extend the play, or you know, avoid the sack. Uh, throw the ball away when the you know. I mean, you can play great quarterback. We've seen it. How how tall was? I mean, Drew Brees wasn't that short. He's shorter.
0: No, he's six. He foot. was six foot. He's, he's six, six foot.
1: foot. Okay, I thought he was yeah. six or six one. Yeah. But like, it it can be done. You know, we it, it doesn't have to be John Elway anymore. You know, we can, you you can be really successful with the right quarterback at six foot. Um, but they they really got to be able to uh, survive an NFL offensive pocket. That's the real question. So you're worried about like durability, durability, escapability. I mean, if you're a tiny guy, you got to be able to escape. If you're uh, what was it, Dante Culpepper, who is just impossible yeah. to tackle, um, thick, very thick, yeah. Boy. Then, like you know, Dante Culpepper could have you know two guys on him and still get the ball out. And if you're six foot tall, okay. as soon as anybody gets you, the play is done. You better have gotten the ball out before. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's the real issue with short quarterbacks, the way I
0: see it. Do you think um, players like like Tua and his injury history have shied some NFL teams from taking? i um, taking like a six foot quarterback or is that the, uh, it definitely really it definitely it.
1: could um, I think it gives okay. uh, I think it gives teams that are considering someone like Bryce Young uh, one more thing to think about definitely um, so that's right. something you're looking at when you're looking on tape looking at their their film is you know can they escape the pocket can they extend the play uh, but like also can they can they get tackled and not get hurt do they you know we talked about the excuse me we've talked about this before uh Tua needs to do a better job protecting himself um i i i'm i'm very confident saying that he needs to be better at not getting concussions uh and it, it's kind of how you go to the ground when you are tackled um and i think you can look for that stuff uh in the uh, in the college tape
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, Well, and how they just anticipate the rush. Absolutely. I think that's also something you can look for is just like, okay, like, can they just sense the backside coming, like blitzer? Can they sense the backside rusher? Can they sense a blitz? Can they they point a blitz out, right, so they don't get hit? Or can they adjust the protection at the line, you know? Excuse me. These are like little things that can make a huge difference between a guy having a 10 year career, 15 year career as a quarterback, and having like a five year career, like two of them might have. I mean, let's be honest. It, he's been in the league for what, three, four years? Uh, he's got like four concussions in the last year. Yeah, know? this this past so, season was a
1: really, really rough one. I mean, it, it's yeah. the kind of season that like we've seen players hang up their cleats after a season like that. It, uh, it happened to Andrew Luck. I mean, he just he didn't right. want any more right. concussions, and so he walked away from the game. Um, I'm surprised we haven't heard people speculate on that. When it comes to Tua. does Tua want to keep playing this game? Because if he can't, if he can't improve his ability to escape being tackled or or be tackled better, uh, and it sounds funny to say that, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like he yeah. should be considering how much longer he wants to play this game uh, because sure. CTE just isn't
0: worth it. I mean, he's young. He's twenty five years old, right. man. Like you're not I mean, maybe you feel it now. I don't know if you get chronic migraines or you're dizzy or excuse me, your equilibrium's off, or you get vertigo or something, you know, or you just start puking. I I don't you know, memory starts going immediately. I mean, but that's you know, if you want a family, you want you have kids or you wanna have kids, I mean, let's be realistic here. And now we're not like a medical podcast yet. <laughs> but <laughs> Right, we'll have a licensed clinician on this podcast soon enough. That, that's me, by the way. Um, it's it's not necessarily like even it's not an unrealistic conversation to have. That's the reason why I brought up the, the six foot quarterback thing because I I know you, you can say well, hey, well if he's better than better than two it um, all this stuff you just said all the intangibles right, um, that's great. He's still six foot, and these guys are six seven tackling him. Right. You know? So do you want a six foot quarterback with a two forty frame? Or two six4 240 it's two thirty, right? More just built like Josh Allen, um, or even not even Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, who who like has taken a lot of hits but is fairly resilient, you know? Um, and maybe keep keep keeping eye on his career as well. Or do you do you like the upside of Bryce Young? Um but if you don't have an offensive line to protect him and use your first overall pick like the Carolina Panthers, then you're SOL. You know, potentially, he's going to get hit a lot, <laughs> and it's not going to be pretty. Sometimes, you know, um, despite his despite his ability to play, I mean, he, that's what's going to happen. And and we can say, well, Drew Brees is six foot, yeah, but Drew Brees was was built, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, the, he took a lot of hits, but you know, you and I both know that Drew Brees. I mean, he wasn't like a small guy in terms of frame.
1: Yeah, he know? was not wispy or wiry. He was he was a solid dude.
0: Yeah, he was he was thick man. I mean, he and and he took a lot of hits, and he always got back up. And I don't think New Orleans really had a great offensive line a lot of time, and neither did um, San Diego. He played with and. Um, there was a lot of questions because he took so many hits with his shoulder that whether he would be able to play again when he was a free agent that year. He went to New Orleans. So um, I, I, I guess I don't really know what to say. It's, it's, uh, it's a weird position, and it's a weird thing to consider, but, I mean, look at the quarterbacks in this draft. Would you rather have him, Bryce Young, I mean to say, pronouns, um, or Anthony Richardson in Florida who's 6'4", 240, and is athletic as hell? You know, would you rather have him or Will Levis from University of Kentucky, six three two thirty? 230? You know, would you rather have Bryce Young or, um, golly, I'm trying to think of the quarterbacks coming out here. Did I, did I hit basically three of the four? There's one more, right? You know, I, I don't have a, a,
1: a finger on the pulse right now of uh, the, the top tier quarterbacks to be drafted, um, but in answer to your question... Uh, my preference would be to aim at the, uh, you know, the larger body metrics. Um, but then I also feel like picking these quarterbacks in the draft, a lot of it, I mean, a lot of them have have definitely proven to a certain extent who they are in college. Um, but I think these player interviews would play a huge part in, in who I would select because, uh, no matter who you are, where you're coming from in college, if, if you're gonna be my quarterback in the NFL, it's gonna be a big leap forward in what you can do. Uh so I'm looking for people with the right work ethic, the right coachability, uh, the right vision uh for what we're trying to do at that level. Um so so that's where these shorter guys maybe separate themselves from the the taller, bigger body guys.
0: I'm thinking of C J Stroud. There you go. Um Ohio State, and he could go number one overall because he had a really good pro Oh, day. sure. But, uh, yeah, I, and I know what you're saying. Yeah, the intangibles, and certainly those all play a part, and I think Tua has a lot of those, too. Um, that's why he's a winner. Um, but uh, I still can't help but think that, golly, man, you put Bryce Young behind one of these offensive lines at the top of the draft where he's going to get drafted, unless he goes to, like, Detroit, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know how he would last at one of those places, you know? Unless he truly is good at creating. But he, that's even worse <laughs> if you don't have a good offensive line.
1: Right. Well, and and so we, we've, we've seen that. I we've I've, I've seen that my entire uh, football fan career. Um, and the one, when we talk about it, it's happened so many times, but the one that always pops into my mind is Sam Bradford being drafted to the worst O-line that the St. Louis Rams ever had. Uh, and it was just... A massacre,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, well I mean we'll see what happens. Um you know, I mean and he, he he's the number one overall prospect. It's it's for a reason. I think CJ Stroud's probably gonna overtake him over the next few weeks before the draft. Which is a month away, by the way. A month away officially today. Very exciting. Um but we'll you know, we'll keep an eye on it. Move forward. So Anywho, Trevor, are you ready to clean up the rest of free agency, my friend? Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to start with one you're very familiar with. And I thought this was interesting. I didn't realize this gentleman's almost 30 years old. Um, I feel like he's been in the league for a long time. We got the bowling ball, Dalvin Tomlinson, going from your Minnesota Vikings to the Cleveland Browns. Four years, 57 million. Um, what, what you know is surely a, a dent in the Minnesota Vikings defense. But as we talked about before, with some of the, the hitman leaving and well he came back but Patrick Peterson and Eric Kendricks it seemed like turnover was necessary so I'm curious what makes this contract really um well what 57 million for a guy that was on a like the 32nd ranked defense yeah how does that happen yeah
1: and I mean it it's a tricky one even to discuss because you're right they were the last place regular season defense um and as a Vikings fan, we're hoping that a change at defensive coordinator uh, and we really like who we got. I can't think of his name right now um but uh but that was the change that needed to happen the most because when you look at the defensive roster, it was loaded with talent uh we We definitely underperformed uh, as a defensive unit um and uh and even you know whether or not you do well. Or don't live up to your potential. It's hard to keep really good pieces in place on defense. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be missed. Um, he's an absolute beast, um, and and he's going to be difficult to replace. Uh, I say that, but I, I again, I haven't looked at, at what's in the pipeline with the draft. Um, you know, it seems like there's always a top tier defensive tackle coming out of Georgia these days. Um, but uh, but yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, I think he's got a lot left in the tank, a lot of tread left on those tires. Uh, so, uh, you know, he he could really shine in Cleveland. It, it just kind of depends. Um, I yeah, it's it's hard to say why. Uh, you know, the 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 Vikings struggled in all phases of defense, but they really struggled against the run. And, and you know, defensive tackle is a big part of stopping the run. Uh, so it's – you can really look at Dalvin Tomlinson from two different perspectives right now. One is that it is a, a a team unit. It can't all be one person's fault. And the other is that he was part of the worst run defense in the league. But uh, but I, I like him as a player. I think he's got loads of potential left. And, uh, yeah, he's one of those – really big body defensive tackles. So I wish him the best in Yeah, he gets playing the same you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, right. And he gets playing the same uh defensive line as uh Miles Garrett. So Right. Can't can't hurt. <laughs> right. Um <clears throat> and I assume some other players. I don't know how good that Cleveland defense is up top my hand. But you got Denzel Ward and Jeremiah Wosu, Gamora. They got some good pieces. Um Newsom, the corner, he's good too, safety's a good. It could be a turnaround for for Cleveland. I think definitely a team to kinda kind of like in that Chicago style, but because they have Deshaun Watson, it's not like they're up and coming by any means. But I do think that it's possible that they'll be kind of a surprise next year. Given that you know, it's the fancy he's a good coach and he'll get some good pieces around around uh Watson and the defense. So um to Javon, Javon Hargrave. This one was interesting to me, and I'm not sure if you're really familiar with the player, Trevor, by going from Philly to San Francisco. Four years, eight hundred uh, <laughs> four years, eighty four <laughs> eighty four million dollars. Played on the um the best well, the best defense in the league by far. Had eleven sacks last year. Been nothing but productive since he's coming in the league. And he guess what? He gets to play with Nick Bosa and um God. I can't think of anybody today. Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, right? <laughs> He's still on that team. Yeah, DeForest Buckner is on the Colts. So, Eric Eric Armstead and um some other guys. Fred Warner. No, it's uh <laughs> Drake Greenlaw. I mean, it's just a really
1: stacked defense. Ab- absolutely, for and so th- this is an interesting move because the way I see it, you're taking a really productive member from what I would call you know, a top-two defense in the league last year to the other top-two defense in the league last year. Uh, And I'm not going by, like, the literal metrics, just the way I evaluate them. I think those were the two best defenses when they're healthy. Uh, The two best defenses in the league last year was Philadelphia and San Francisco, in my opinion. Um, Now, San Francisco has a much harder time staying healthy than Philadelphia did. Um, You know, Philadelphia had... Jordan Davis go out. They, they weathered that storm brilliantly. Um, but uh, the 49ers have real issues, seems, every year, keeping, keeping their defense and the team in general healthy. They seem to always be the most injury-riddled roster in the NFL. Um, so it's a really good get for the, for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, and it feels like a necessary uh, move. For the Eagles to hold on to uh, the players that they really value, like like uh, Fletcher Cox and Graham and guys like that, that they aren't ready to move on from.
0: Yeah, and they have Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis
1: course. will still be there, absolutely.
0: <laughs> right, right. And, and they can always draft another. And they they have two high pick. Uh, they have the ninth overall pick and the thirty first. So <laughs> pretty good. Don't <laughs> fill that spot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Not bad to go to Super Bowl and come back out with a ton of draft picks. You know, they they've really I mean the, the way that team's set up and they've made some brilliant trades over the last uh, like two or three years to just kind of like maneuver draft position. I've, just yeah brilliant. I've yeah. I've said it at least once since the
1: Super Bowl. I'll say it again right now. Uh I I do think that the forty ers and the Eagles are the two best NFC teams going into twenty twenty three. I, I would not at all be surprised if if next year's AFC championship was a rematch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, NFC, NFC championship. That's right. Whatever conference they're in, they they would probably make it. So uh, it doesn't really matter. But um, here's a guy, um, and I'm curious about the Denver Sports Radio take on this, because I think this is actually a pretty big loss for Denver. But I haven't really heard anybody talk about it. He's one of the highest paid players in free agency so far. Um, Dramont. Uh, I think I'm hoping... I hope I'm saying his last name right. His name right? Dramont Jones or Draymont Jones? Uh, Dray, Draymont. Uh, going from Denver. Yeah, Draymont Jones. Draymont Jones. Going from Denver to Seattle. Three years, 51 million. 23 up front. Um, look, uh, very productive player. I heard a, um, ascending player from a lot of like news articles about him, which I'm not really sure what that means. That could mean a variety of things. But to me, it sounds like a guy that... Um, I'm trying to think like a guy like kind of like Matt Judon that was pretty good in Baltimore goes to New England is basically an all-pro. I I don't think this is like all-pro type level, but you know, Jermont Jones, man. I agree. I agree. So
1: I though you know Denver is they're getting a little easier to understand the further we get from last year, Um, and in a nutshell, without without evaluating it on the player by player basis. Uh Denver was probably the most lopsided team last year in terms of a really great defense and a, and a terrible offense. Um and and the 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 fact that their defense was as good as they were in spite we we talk about it all the time it's it's really hard for a good defense to be a good defense with a terrible offense. And the Broncos right. somehow did it. I mean, you go back and look at their season and it was something like if the offense could have just averaged 18 points a game 17, 17 points. points a game yeah. they would have they would have had a, <laughs> an amazing record because that's how good the defense was at just shutting down whoever they were up against um so so for the Broncos yeah they're they're going to miss a really great player like like Draymond Jones but uh i i feel like it's a necessary like they they need to balance out that roster uh, I think that that's a big priority uh, for, for Sean Payton. Uh, I've already mentioned, I, I can already kind of see the, uh, the strategy of putting Russell Wilson back on a reliable run game offense, maybe <laughs> even a run first offense. Um, and you just can't do that and keep. I mean, it, everybody knows that the Broncos had a great defense last year, and I still think that their defense is underrated Um, you know, so, so, uh, yeah, they, they gotta let some pieces like that go, uh, in order to balance out that roster and give the offense a chance.
0: Totally. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and it is what it is (laughs) at the end of the day. I mean, you can't keep everybody. That's right. Um, if you look at Denver, we kind of, don't know how much we talked about this last week, but signing Mike McGlinchey, five years, 87 million. I mean that's your right tackle, your left tackle, right tackle actually. Um, ben Powers from Baltimore, four years, fifty-one. Zach Allen, three years, forty-seven. They just wanted to get bigger up front. You know they got to protect Russell Wilson. They know they need to run the ball. You weren't you you hit the nail on the head last week. They had to get more tough. They had to get tougher and beefier up front. They just had to. Oh yeah. And so if you look at the the salary dedicated that team three three positions left tackle, right tackle, guard. I assume left guard. Um. there's like 49 million dollars committed to, between those three positions, next year. Um, and and then you add on Russell Wilson on top of that. It's like almost 100 million dollars committed to four positions. Right. I, yeah, it's it's that's intense. But you know what? They they as long as they draft well, they can fill in the other pieces. And um, I'm curious. Uh, this isn't free agent related, but kind of is. Um, is there any talk about Jerry Judy? being
1: traded in Denver right now. You know, there I there's always talk uh, going back to last year. Um what why are they trying to trade him? He he they just like... he just isn't living up to uh, he was supposed to be Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like that's that's who he was supposed to be when they drafted him and and in that regard, he is a straight up bust. Um I mean, he, he, you can say like, "Oh, he's had some good performances." Uh mm-hmm. I I think it's a stretch to make that a plural statement. Um maybe he's had two really good games. Um just yeah and not that he's not a serviceable wide receiver. He's just not a I think he was drafted in the top five picks of his draft class overall, maybe sixth overall. I can't remember now, but he it was up there. Um and so, you know, when something like that doesn't work out, it's it's obvious to talk trades, but also, you know, the rest of the league sees what you see. You're not going to get your number one pick back. Um, so it's a tricky situation, and uh, ultimately it comes down to whether or not Sean Payton thinks that they can, you know, crack the code and get, you know, much more production out of Jerry Judy than they have gotten these last three seasons that they've had him.
0: I mean, who are they going to replace him with? I mean, he's got what he averages nine hundred yards a year. Like Corlin Sutton, they uh, they they have a Hamler Hamler right, KJ Hamlin, Hamlin? So
1: <laughs> the way I see it, I the way I it's see it, the uh, the Broncos in the last three years ish, uh, they really. They've really overpaid at the wide receiver position, um, and, and and I'm not saying that they don't have good wide receivers, uh, but they they just like when it, if you look at your roster as a business, and you talk about return on investment, the the Broncos wide receiver core is just a, a stock that has plummeted, um, and and it's it's more complicated than how good the wide receiver is. You know, they're just one piece of the offense, but, uh, but yeah, something's got to change there. And I think Sean Payton, I'd expect Sean Payton sees what I see and uh, they can't keep breaking the bank on, you know, having these, you know, three highly paid wide receivers all the time. Uh, You need some young guys that aren't pulling down huge salaries and, I know Jerry Judy I think is still on his rookie contract. Uh I don't think they extended him yet. I could be wrong there. But uh but yeah, if they can get some some good value out of him in a trade to the right team, some team that believes in him, um I don't see why they wouldn't do it. On the other hand, maybe uh maybe Sean Payton thinks that he can get the value that that they're supposed to get out of Jerry Judy. But uh but yeah, they've 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 overspent in recent years on wide receivers, and it just has not worked out.
0: They, this is reading an article that says they they're expecting a first round pick for Jerry Judy. Or, for Jerry Judy? Oh, I not
1: not from my team.
0: <laughs> All right. Sorry, I, I mean that's that's apparently the the I don't know if that's like the um. You know the value they're placing on him. Or if that's like the league is saying, yeah, we'll trade a first-round pick for. Him. Or, or obviously, if that's true, then there's a reason why he hasn't been traded as well. But you know,
1: no, I, I, I so, mean, maybe, maybe says. I'm, maybe I'm <laughs> wrong, but I, I think a second-round pick is a little bit of a stretch for a guy like Jerry Judy. A first-round pick, give me a break.
0: That's what it says. yeah. I mean, if you're desperate enough, right.
1: I Receivers, I don't think that's a premium
0: position in the NFL right now.
1: Right, but I also think it's a, a somewhat of a saturated position. I th- I think you can get someone better than Jerry Judy with a first round pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I, I disagree, if I've got a but... first round pick for Jerry Judy, I've got a first round pick for drafting a wide receiver.
0: That simple. <laughs> no, you, uh, no I, I don't. I don't disagree. You get a guy in the system that's you can mold and is younger and. Gonna be a rookie contract for longer and um, b- probably better. Yeah, That's what I mean. Uh, the the,
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. we we have these draft classes that can be stacked on one position or the other, and uh, but inevitably, one of those guys might not work out. That's who Jerry Judy is. He he didn't turn out to be Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, uh, or even uh, uh, Devontae Smith. Do I have that right? Uh, the Eagles. Have them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like these a lot of these mm-hmm. highly drafted wide receivers have really hit. They've really worked out. Jerry Judy is the bust, and you're not gonna trade a first round pick for a bust.
0: No, you might. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. I would I mean, not do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm okay, that's but well, that's true, but that's you know, you know the NFL as well as I do. I mean, this is what happens, right? <laughs> This is what happens. And receivers, it happens every offseason. A receiver will get traded for a first-round pick, who's, who's supposedly a bust or not worth it. Right. And Brandon Cooks got traded a first-round pick like three times. I mean, we saw last year Carson Wentz get traded for two third-round picks after he had a terrible season, Indy. You
1: know? Yeah, I just, I don't think um, that Jerry Judy's best season stacks up at all to Brandon Cook's worst season.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't disagree with that, but... Um, I also think that the NFL is full of a lot of GMs who may not may or may not know what they're doing. Nah. <laughs> so just I think I think the conversation
1: around out. Jerry Judy really needs to be more about Jerry. Like Jerry Judy needs to take it on himself to live up to his potential. He needs to get really serious. That's the other thing is uh, his his persona is a little bit of a diva, a little bit of a clown. He needs to buckle down, take take his future in the league very seriously before I think any other teams would want to put up any kind of real capital for him.
0: Well, let's let's talk about some capital that was paid to Jawan Taylor, um, four years, sixty six million to be the left tackle or possibly right tackle. I'm not really sure. In, in Kansas City, Orlando Brown goes to Cincinnati, which is kind of fun. Um, Yeah, I know you're not a big trenches guy, Trevor. You know, but we got Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville. Jacksonville doesn't have left tackle anymore. I Assume that they're going to draft one. I would hope for Trevor Lawrence's sake. Um, You know, do you? What do you know? I mean, it's going to be a lot to say what we know about these players. I only know of Jawan Taylor in terms of like who he is and where he played, and that he was good enough to get paid. That's a good sign for me. Um, Do you think there's any um, consequence, for lack of a better term? Or the Kansas City Chiefs for shuffling their left tackle position, considering how premium premium it is. Although they got their they got a guy, I should say. But so you know,
1: you know th- this this issue kind of reminds me of a conversation we had going into the Super Bowl, talking about the yeah. Kansas City O line stacking up against the uh, the the Eagles' defensive line, and how are they going to stop this guy and that guy, and and we had a conversation about. Uh, scheming the O line, scheming the blocking. Um, at this at this right. point, I have a lot of confidence in Kansas City's coaching staff, their their O line coach, um, and, and not just the standout players, but the the whole unit. Um, so yeah, it, it may be a step backwards, but uh, you know, because I, I love uh, Orlando Brown. That's that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh Orlando Brown came out of OU. Um love that guy. Uh and and it's exciting to see him go from specifically from the Chiefs to the Bengals uh to major contenders. Uh and and you know it, it's definitely if you're if you're a fan of either of those two teams this is big news. Um, but uh but I wouldn't uh you know, I wouldn't be too dismayed as a as a Chiefs fan. Um, I think, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? The, uh, you know, the, the, they're, they're not replacing him with a nobody. You know, you know, this new guy's name. I don't, but, uh, yeah, Jawan Taylor, Juwan Taylor mm-hmm. there you go. Um, Ju- I, Juwan. I think, uh, Jawan, Jawan, Jawan Taylor. I
0: think, I uh, right I, time, one of these days. I think, I think
1: the, <laughs> I think the chiefs are going to do, what what we've been seeing them do, which is that you know, they find a way to get the most out of a unit, you know. Uh and and I, I think it'll be a, an interesting uh off season for them to get these guys on the same page and, and get them on yeah, you know, any new piece on the O line has to sync up with, with Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes is obviously a guy with a lot of talent who puts in the work. Um yeah, I I, I think it often goes Overlooked how much of a role the quarterback plays in coaching up their O line. You know, there's got to be a lot of community. They gotta, they gotta really understand each other inside and out, be on the same page every snap. Uh, So I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think this is bigger news for the Bengals because they're getting an amazing left tackle. Um, But when it comes to like, am I worried about the uh, Kansas City O line? I'm not.
0: Yeah, I mean they're still so good a guy uh, we'll see how he fits in Kansas City but I mean he played like I said I, I really I, it's hard for me to really say about trench play <laughs> you know that's not a sexy position to study for obvious reasons it doesn't mean it's not important it's just that's just you know right. I mean, you only have somebody so much time to prepare for a podcast I agree I didn't watch all of Jawan Taylor's I agree but plays, uh, at the you know, from
1: last season at the same time so, when it when it's your team uh, there's there's very maybe just the quarterback is the only thing that's better but like there's few things that are better than having a lot of faith in your o-line. Like our o-line is not the problem. Oh. You know I mean that that's huge.
0: Yeah. No, I I don't I don't disagree with that. It's and it's a good point. Um I, and if that was the case, I would probably know a lot about this guy. You're right. <laughs> so, but um I don't. <laughs> so, that doesn't change anything, you know. So, um, I do think that he, um, I mean, 6'5", 3'12", he's very athletic, apparently. That's going to go really well with Kansas City. Orlando Brown was extremely athletic as well. I just wonder why one for another, you know? Knowing Orlando Brown played really well, I think he was like a PFF All-Pro. John Taylor wasn't, you know? What happened there?
1: Well, so this, this, we're always saying we'll keep an eye on it. This will be an interesting one to keep an eye on, uh... Because yeah. you know Orlando Brown, not trying to take any credit away from what he achieved, um, but right. but was it all Orlando Brown, or was it the unit he was on, mm-hmm. and the quarterback that he had, and the the offense that they ran that made him a, a PFF yeah. All Pro? Uh, is he going to be a PFF All Pro with Cincinnati? Uh, is Jawan going to be a, a PFF All Pro in Kansas City? Um, yeah. It's really hard to know these things, especially when we're not, uh, you know, in these, uh, you know, uh, unit meetings in the locker room, uh, the coach discussions, because I'm, I'm sure they have their reasons, even though it's hard to see it from here.
0: Yeah, we're always on the peripheral. And it see, always could just be a I mean, money that's thing. That's why we speculate. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't, though. They had paid the same amount of money. See, that's that is interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, so I I wonder if it was, like, you know, we're gonna pay you left tackle. I I don't. I have literally have no idea because it's there's it's yeah. It, it's just interesting and um we, well, you know who knows maybe that, he ends up being that is
1: interesting. If it's not a money yeah. thing and you just won the Super Bowl, uh, that is yeah. a bit. I see where you're coming from now. It's a
0: bit of a head scratcher. I I, I, re, I really wonder what that what that's about and um. You know, I mean, it could be nothing, right? But if there's something about, uh... <laughs> I, something about Orlando Brown, I, you know, I, there's something about uh, the, the Chiefs, who knows, man? There's a lot to speculate here. Well, you we probably will never know, but, you know, I'll I'll leave you with this. There was a hot take about Orlando Brown. Um, it's, it's coming from The Ringer. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that website before, but... Um, Former offensive tackle on here, uh, Benjamin Solak. Um, he is I don't know where he played. I don't know if he was any good, but he said he doesn't view Brown as a top twenty tackle in the league, Whoa. and he has no respect for the tackle with a few matchups against Kansas that he's seen. Can Kansas City play? So um, best tackle in the market is doing insane work for Orlando Brown uh, because he's the best tackle in the market. Sure, I'll give you that. but I'm not sure I agree with it, but I'll give you that. He's not a top twenty tackle in the league, according to the Ringers, Matt Solak, former offensive tackle. That's a so that's, that's kind of a bold statement. Yeah. Uh kind of interesting. And you know, they're always gonna get paid. Right. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> so that's, they'll always get paid. Um yeah, we'll, we'll no be
1: Mano. uh we'll keeping we'll be keeping an eye on Orlando and Juwan
0: uh both in uh twenty twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting storyline nonetheless. Uh, another interesting storyline, Trevor, is that it's the end of the show. So all right. Well, I, I um, want to throw one more player <laughs> out here. Uh, uh,
1: it's yeah. it's not going to make a lot of waves throughout the league, uh, but if you're a, a geek for fullbacks like I am, and I know there's a lot of us out there because um, it's, it's a position that's all but disappeared in the modern NFL, uh, the Vikings are mm-hmm. extending fullback cj ham another two seasons uh which makes me happy because right now my cj ham jersey is the favorite one for me to wear and it looks like i'll get to wear it for another couple of seasons Uh, so i'm very excited about cj ham's extension
0: congratulations um yeah not a premium position anymore but guys like cj ham and kyle use right oh yeah very Um, clutch um, yeah, from from San Francisco, amazing player. I mean, very athletic. Oh yeah, very very good player. Um, those guys, I mean, they're they're last of a dying breed. Oh yeah, and the thing is,
1: is that they uh, they create a lot of uh, uncertainty for the defense. When when CJ Ham's on the field, uh, they might be throwing it to him. He could be lead blocking. He could line up as a lead blocker, and then they give the ball to him. Um, very dangerous in goal line situations and fourth and short situations. Um, and uh, year in and year out, you see very little mistakes from him, and uh, you got to think that that's why they keep him around is he, 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 he comes through when they ask him to. So it's a, it's a fun one for me as a Vikings fan.
0: Yeah, no question. No, it's fine. Adam Thielen went to Carolina too. I'm sure you're grieving that. Oh, he'll be missed. He'll Um, be missed.
1: But like like I've been telling my friends, you know, because a lot of people have asked me about him, uh, by the end of the season he really was the number three wide receiver behind K.J. Osborne. Um, And as much as we love Adam Thielen and and Vikings fans, never forget his rookie year that was just incredible, um, that really elevated him. uh, And, uh you know best of luck to him with with Carolina. Um we'll we'll miss him and and he's such an amazing player off the field. The Adam Thielen Foundation uh, is a wonderful organization. So I hope uh hope he and his family do well in Carolina.
0: No question and we'll we'll do well here on the Airways as well. Feel free to like, subscribe, comment, review, share, do all the things that people do when they like things. <laughs> You know, that's what they do, you know? Um, And here's a, here's an idea, right? Um, Look, Easter's coming up. And if I was you, and you were me, well, I would be you. I would hide a phone out there in the field, maybe an egg, with a recording of football in general going <laughs> off. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying that if you want... Look, if you want this Easter egg hunt to, to, to kind of expedite a little bit, right, because you want to get back in, you want to watch the Masters, um, you want to watch NFL Network and catch an NFL's greatest game documentary, God forbid you want to be out in the field for two hours looking for eggs. I'm just saying. And there's no better voices on the air that you'd want to hear in a field, preferably with grass, you know, um, than two chubby white guys with beards talking about the NFL and football because. Rarely is there any other podcast covering the NFL out there. We're unique. There's only one. So, And Cam Newton hasn't started his yet, so there will be two <laughs> eventually, but this is it. So in the meantime, um, try that, and I swear you'll save yourself some sanity once the Easter Sunday comes around. So until then, feel free to do all the stuff we already said. Trevor, I assume you're good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this was a fun one. All right. Indeed. Until next week, we're out.